Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Ali Lovely. And today we're talking about how pain can make you commit to a narrative that you're telling yourself that blocks your healing and how to hold space for other people who are going through something like that. Thank you to my Patreon supporters who chose this topic this week. And so anyway, as always, uh, when I get on here, I'm usually telling you about something that I experienced and what I'm learning from it. So this week I had a very, very interesting experience where um, I was reading or scrolling through Instagram and there was a message on, you know, one of the photos that said, I wonder what it's like to love someone and be loved in return. And it caught my eye because I have said that so many times. I have been in that space where I have just been like, I wonder what that's like. I wonder what it means to to be in a space where someone accepts you fully and not really feeling like I've ever really felt that, um, particularly in a romantic connection. That's what we're talking about. And so I read the rest of her caption and we had a lot of similarities as far as um, background and things, at least from what I could see at a very quick glance. And the caption, you guys, I could have written it myself like, There was so much that I identified with that had that sentiment of that feeling that felt just so devastated, like there was not an end to the tunnel. And so her post, it gutted me. It it really got to me in a way because I was like, gosh, like I, I know how that feels. I've been in that feeling, in that energy before. Our experiences aren't the same, but I, I recognize that very clearly So with the best intentions, I popped into her DMs and I left her a message that with my deepest intention to send her love. And I told her, oh my gosh, like your post gutted me. I I have been in that similar sentiment. I felt that way before, Um, even though I have been in uh, I have been married before. I haven't felt this love um, because it's not the same as being chosen, whatever. There's a lot of stuff that I said, but I went through it and I basically said, I'm not trying to give you any advice. I'm not trying to talk you out of your pain. Um, I just know that I've, I know, and I see you basically. I see what you're saying. I see who you are in this moment. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, I, want to offer you at the very least love and hope and how, like how quickly things can change. Um, cause I'm, I, 
I, I'm telling you this, like I'm not in that space anymore, but just, just trying to offer some kind of hope and encouragement. And the message I got back was so shocking to me because she came at me and she didn't just come at me. She dragged me (laughs) y'all. How could you say that you understand me? How could you say you've ever been in my place? You know nothing about me. You know this, that, and the other. And for you to say that you understand what this feels like is dismissing my blah, blah, blah. Um, She proceeded to say that I was thin and beautiful and I had the privilege of desirability. And I was, which I was really surprised by because I was like, I'm a size 14. Nobody's ever called me thin, but thank you. Um, and I, but I was so surprised. Like it was, she came for me like in the deepest way possible. Like, I don't know why you would have thought this was a good idea in the first place. Like we are not the same. And, you know, like went off and then proceeded to tell me about how her, you know, family members have died and like just listing off all of the bad things that have happened to her. And without knowing anything about me either her mate she made a lot of assumptions about me that were not true and I couldn't I I couldn't get defensive like I read all that and I was like oh my god I am such an idiot (laughs) I am such an idiot because right now she's in her pain she is so deep in her pain and how quickly I forgot how much I hated when people would tell me like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry, you'll find someone. It's going to get better, you know, whatever. And I felt dismissed in that moment that I wasn't seeing that someone couldn't just say, sorry, they had to find a way to explain me out of it because they were uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, wow. (laughs) I really, really stuck my foot in my face. You know, um, obviously, like, I did that with the best intentions, but it didn't matter because she had a very clear narrative about the way her life looked and she was committed to it. And like, while I still, I'm still claiming fault. Like I still feel like, um, I'm an ass for, (laughs) for reaching out in the first place. Yes. My intentions were good, but I may have caused her I wouldn't say I've caused her more harm because the harm that she's in, she's, she is identifying with and wants to keep, but it's not my place to try to remove her from that. So I posted on uh, my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, um, that you can't, you can't heal for others, what they won't heal for themselves. And so us wanting to save people out of their pain, like it is not our place. We can hold space for them, but it is not our place. And I'll get into that on the, the, the last part, but the narrative that we tell ourselves and what we live by in our identity can be some sometimes such a stronghold for us, right? Like it's the way we're able to assert our pain. It's the way we're able to assert our our perspective. And I even took this to the, the perspective. I thought, you know, have I ever shut anybody down like that before? Um, you know, like the easiest comparison I can do is race. Um, like, has anybody come to me who has not been in my position and been like, oh man, I really know what that feels like. And it's like, you couldn't know what this feels like. Um, I've never said that to anybody, but I have felt like that. Like people have dismissed me or they had a certain opinion. They're trying to sympathize to make me feel better. And it's like, you literally don't know. Um, so I was trying to reflect back on that situation and go, you know, where in her, in her life, there are so many blind spots and areas. Cause I don't know her that could make her feel exactly that. And she would be right. 
she'd be a hundred percent right. Cause I don't know her. However, I do know that like me coming in with the best intentions or whatever, at least for myself, I give people the benefit of the doubt. She was doing no such thing <laughs> and that's okay. That's her opinion. Um, that is absolutely in her right to do so. And especially if she's been experiencing that for a really long time. Um, but I did, when I did respond, I, I made a, just, I said, I'm sorry, I said anything. And I did kind of correct a couple of the assumptions that she made about me just so she knew, um, because she made a very quick snap judgment, but I said, you know what? And I'm really sorry that I stepped in. You're right. And let it go, let it go. And it just gave me this, like, first of all, I had a small panic attack <laughs> because I always feel super bad if I'm accused of something I didn't feel like that was my intention to do. And a lot of you guys might also have that. Like, um, when someone says you're doing something or you're being, you know, you have that kind of guilty, sorry feeling of like, first, um, if you, you didn't want to harm someone in some kind of way and that wasn't your intention. So it's like, oh my God, oh, I can't imagine that someone would have taken what I had to say this way. But it takes an immense amount of self-awareness to really, um, you know, like pinpoint all those blind spots. And I don't think that's possible for us to always do that. Just the caveat there. But I got a chance to see someone reflect back to me how who I've been in the past and how committed I was to my story, how committed I was to my pain. Because one, it's one thing to experience something once, maybe even twice. But when you've experienced it 40, 50 times, it is absolutely your reality. It is absolutely the way that you see the world. And no one with a fluffy message is going to talk you out of it. And that's why I feel like shit. Cause I was like, I, how did I forget that? But the commitment to the identity of the pain story, the pain body is something that we feel entitled to do. And we are certainly entitled to do that. However, when we want to affect real change and we want to move things forward in order to manifest in a way that's going to bring about the type of life that we actually do want, we have to deal with our pain. We can't just spew it and, and, and accept it as a reality and let it numb us in a way that keeps us detached. You know what I mean? So like everybody's reality is different. So I can't say that her version of her reality is not very real. But in that observation, and I always turn it back on myself, um, I looked at ways in which I thought there were things that couldn't change in my life. Like I'm not going to find anybody or... I don't know how I'm going to pay off this debt or um, how can I produce a career that does X, Y, Z. Nobody's going to listen to me. You know, like I was committed to those stories because of those experiences. What would it be like if I transcended that? What could happen if I was able to transcend that story, that narrative, those experiences even, and find a way to believe something better? And what are ways in your life right now that you are, you are committed to the things that are that paying you the most, the stories that you tell yourself, the tapes that play over and over and over that you are like, these, these are the structures and paradigms that form my very identity. And when at the end of the day, you really deconstruct them, they're just stories. They're just stories. So I can speak to this in a little bit. Um, you know, my, even like, let's talk about my relationship and I don't want to speak about my relationship every episode, but it's showing me a lot. I'm learning so much through it right now. There are things that 
my partner says to me that breaks my paradigm of what I think about myself. And it's uncomfortable because it's like, I don't understand, cannot compute. <laughs> like it, it, it goes against what it is that I've believed about myself for so long. And someone from the outside saying, I see all this value in you. Where I had blind spots where I'm like, I didn't think that I still struggled with that. But when someone's coming in and trying to offer me love in every way, I'm almost resistant to it. And very much like the woman who responded to me, she was not hearing it. Because even in my message, I told her she was beautiful and she was valuable and she was lovable because she was. And, um, you know, just all of the, the, the kindest things I could muster up to say. And it made her vehemently angry. And, and like just absolutely, you know, pop that back, tennis racket back over the fence. It just, it was, it was too, probably too much because it would speak to breaking down her paradigm. And if she was committed to that, like I am in the past have been committed to that. It doesn't align in the vibration we're willing to stick in. And sometimes we get so committed to that because it is, it's what we're used to. It's the only way that we can really have control over the narrative. If we can go in a room and be committed to our pain in the way that we are, then the story and the tapes that we're telling ourselves, we can predict how things will happen. And then, then it will be better for us to be right than to be happy. Now hear me again. It will be better for us to be right than to be happy. And the first time I came upon that, that was maybe a few years back where I was talking to a, a good girlfriend of mine and she is just drop dead gorgeous. It is stupid how beautiful she is. And she's, she's kind and she's really smart and she has so much to offer the world. And she was going off, always going after these men who were super unavailable. And the story was, is that, um, I'm not going to tell you her story, but like (laughs) men don't like me because of X. And I'm looking at her going, that's not true. (laughs) That's not true. You're choosing people who don't choose you back because it, it, it cycles back that story. It affirms the story. It affirms the narrative. It affirms the pain. So you can be right. You can say, see, I told you so. This is why he rejected me. This is why nobody sticks around. And I don't think that that's her choice. She's not wanting to stay in her pain. But after she's experienced so much hurt over time, it's easier to be right than to be, to let go of that, be out of control, exhibit tons of vulnerability and get to a place that would actually make her happy. Because we can't know when we're going through it at this moment that there would be something better that actually could make us happy. That would require us risk. That would require us vulnerability. It would require us to to shift and change the neuroplasticity in our brains to rewire ourselves to tell ourselves a different story. And you know what? Sometimes that's th- that hurts more than the actual pain we've been through. Because it it is it is <laughs> you know, imagine like you're trying to trying to change the foundation of a house. There's so many cracks and other things that start messing up with the house. It's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, leave the foundation there. We'll just throw some paint over it. Like you have to literally restructure the entire foundation of the belief system. And that will take so many things falling away. 
so many things that we might over time have held dear. And I find it incredibly powerful to look at that and go, okay, okay, how can I deconstruct the stories that I'm telling myself? Because it's not just about the stories, it's about our pain body, the the ego even, like trying to protect itself. If we rewire those stories and those narratives and those tapes to say, actually, we are lovable, actually, we are valuable, actually, we are beautiful, then that would have meant that we were wrong. What a giant ego trip. We would have to get rid of some of our pride and say, we actually don't know that fit, that that story doesn't fit anymore. And the pain that we experienced, the rejection we experienced, the disappointment we experienced, the trauma that we experienced, we formed a belief around it because it was safer to be able to, for us to be able to project and identify when something was a threat. So it gives us the, the sensation of control and protection, even if it makes us so unhappy. That woman was in so much pain, that letter, like, and normally, I mean, there there are times when I'm not so self-aware and I would have been like, bitch, listen, this is probably why you single. And <laughs> that's what my, my sister said that laughed because I was like, that could have been, that was like my side response. Um, but no, I was like, wow, like, you know, she's in a lot of pain and she probably, she's talking to a ghost. She's talking to, you know, the people that have, you know, maybe hurt her and she needed someone to do that with. And so if I took that on to release some of that, it's not something I'll sign up for willingly. (laughs) But in this moment, I just prayed for her healing, like deeply prayed for her healing because I could see that she'll continue to live that story. She'll continue to live that reality and she'll deepen herself in those trenches because It's her way to protect herself because if she actually had to open herself up, rewire the narrative and allow somebody in, she would be put at risk for getting hurt. And guys, I see this all the time, one in myself, but two in my clients and then just out in the world, family, friends, all kinds of stuff. And for instance, uh, one of my pain stories was I'll never find anybody in Kansas City. Um, that's because when I was here and I was younger and I was in high school, middle school, guys would tell me, um, you know, oh, you're too fat or you're too black or (laughs) my grandmother's racist and I can't date you or, um, black women are angry or like your hair is fuzz, fuzz, frizzy. Like, can you straighten it? Are you all the way black? You know, like there would be so many things, um, that would, you know, register inside of me that was so painful about me feeling rejected. And so my, my, my pain story was that there's nobody here. Because all of the trauma that I experienced around me saying that I wasn't enough was here. So did I want to go through that again? Go put myself out there again in a place where I felt like there was a hyper focus towards one element of myself that said you don't fit? I I completely, completely got my rug pulled of that tape narrative pulled from underneath me when that actually wasn't the case. And now I'm happy. <laughs> But I wasn't right. So now a few of my friends are throwing it in my face. Well, you said you weren't going to find. I'm like, shut up. That's how it felt. It really felt that way. It felt so deeply true because I was in so much pain. And like, you know, there are some there are some realities that we can put around pain that, um, you know, that are absolutely true. And we have every right to believe that. And no one should be able to take that away from us. Um, as far as our reality goes and how we identify. 
Um, those are very real things, but those things have an expiration date. They most certainly do. When those stories get in the way of your purpose, get in the way of you manifesting, getting in the way of you getting to your highest calling, they have an expiration date and it's time to move forward and make a new story, form a new tape. But and in that, in that time, it's just, it is our, it feels like our reality. So you have to do that inventory and say, all right, what are the stories that I'm telling myself that are keeping me here, that are keeping me from change, that I'm, I'm too scared to move forward with? If I, you know, if I change this tape, that means I was wrong this whole time. And what, what inside of my spirit wants to expand outside of that story? And it doesn't have to make the story untrue. Because it doesn't only work that way. Sometimes it works that way. But sometimes it can just be growing outside of that. Like, yes, that might have been true in the past, but I'm not going to let that be my reality anymore. I'm not going to commit to this narrative anymore because it's actually blocking me from my greatest blessings. It's blocking me from manifesting. It's blocking me from my, my higher purpose. Is it better for me to rewrite and be blocked and stuck somewhere? Or can I open myself to the possibility that there's something different? Can I let go of this pain? Does, is this not my identity anymore? Is, is it past its expiration date? Because you know, like we know when we look at people, we're like, oh girl, guy, you are past your expiration date on that one. I am tired of hearing about that. <laughs> and then, which brings me to my next point, holding space for people who are going through that. Like, what does it look like to hold space and not try to heal them out of their own wounds? Not try to push them out of places and their experiences. Like, what does it mean to hold space for yourself and hold space for others and not make a judgment, not make a decision, not try to make someone feel better? Um, when, when I wrote uh, the other week about not, you know, you can't heal people that are not willing to do it for themselves. Like we, especially empaths, we can't feel comfortable unless everybody's comfortable. So we will try to fix the situation, which causes us to be, uh, you know, quite codependent. We are meshed in those situations because we feel like, oh gosh, like they are upset. I can't feel good if they're upset. And something I've been working on is trying not to fix someone else's problems because it, it, it's uncomfortable for me. And like, yes, I want to fix someone else's problems because I want to help them because they're in pain. But like, is it one selfish of me to take that position and try to move them faster than they're ready to move. And then second, like what, what makes me think I have the solution, right? Like, and what if I'm taking away some of their karma, you know? Um, I believe in karma to an extent and like what part of me might be taking away, like, let's put it this way, taking away their lesson, something that they need to go through in order to expand and grow. Like what ways could we be interrupting that when we're not holding space for them and their narratives and their pain? And while it may be deeply uncomfortable, they have to do the work. So we can't like, you know, like with our our spouses or our partners or our children or our parents or siblings or friends, like we cannot take them out of that experience that they that, that will cause them to grow. If I, all the shit that I've gone through in the last like couple of years, if someone was coming in and fixing everything, I would not have had to learn. And I'm glad no one took that away from me. 
Like, yeah, it was like fucking shitty and it took like took so much out of me. I know you've had situations like that too. And it would be awesome if someone could just come on and save the day. But what happens when it happens again? Did we we didn't get to learn the lesson that we needed to learn to go, oh, I see what this is. I know what to do now. So if you see that there's someone out there that you love that's committed to their story and their pain, maybe they are upon their expiration date of whatever that pain is and whatever that looks like for them to move forward. But if they're in that space, let them be in that space. It's deeply uncomfortable, I know, because you see that someone that you love is in pain, but it is not your job. And if someone is putting that on you, and making that your obligation, you need better boundaries too. That's, I'm talking to myself, but I always need better boundaries. So it is evaluating, like, what are the way we're holding the the space for our own experiences, but also for ourselves? Because when we're going through that, like, it's it can be really challenging. And sometimes some of us, and you know who you are, we get so hypercritical. If we didn't smash that lesson and get over something really fast, right? Like there's this, this, there's for some people, there's a sense of urgency, like I should be over this thing by now. And it's like, chill out. Like you're healing, as long as you're bringing a lot of self-awareness to it and you're trying to do the work, it heals when it heals. Like I, I've said in other episodes, you don't rush the, the, the bloom of a flower. It blooms when it does. And you don't rush the healing of a a scar or wound, sorry, like a cut. The skin and the cells reproduce it the way that they do in order to heal. And it takes a certain amount of time. But when you keep picking at that wound, taking the scab off every time it starts to try to heal, it's never going to heal. And it's past an expiration date. Like it starts to form a scar and that scar is there forever. So people who are in their pain story, and they're, they're, they're living it and they're picking at it over and over and over. See, this is why they're choosing things that reflect back to them. They're manifesting things even into their life that reflect back to them that pain. And then, and then they just keep picking at it. And so they wonder why they're not healing. They wonder why they have this scar and this hardness that, you know, is clearly over, overdue. And, you know, like how do, how do we do that? How do we get past our narrative. I think one is forming a deep self-awareness around it. Journaling has been highly, highly helpful for me to be able to come to a, a space of observation. I've been able to write down all the things that I was in my pain, particularly when I'm experiencing it, because that's when it's the strongest and the most irrational. Um, cause I can get pretty irrational when I'm in pain as most of us probably do, but I will write it down and write down everything I'm feeling. Don't suppress it. Don't make it pretty. Don't try to like go around and make it like, oh, how art thou? Like, don't make it eloquent. Just write what you're feeling, the raw depth of what hurts. Let it bleed out on paper. And I'll write down everything and I give it a few days. And I'd be able to look back at it and go, oh, wow. Oof. That's, that's really, really something. When I've had some space from the pain and go, okay, how do I rewrite this now? Do I have a different perspective on it now? Do I think that this, do I think about it differently now? Which often I do. 
Um, and you probably will too. You know, you look at it from a different point of view and say, all right, in this moment, I was feeling pain. And like, and I'm sorry, let me take back the irrational comment because it's not irrational. When you're in that kind of pain, you do whatever you need to do to survive. It seems irrational once you're in a sober mind state. But when you're in that, it is every bit as real. Every bit is valid. Okay. So just want to make that point. But when you come back at it, maybe it's not even a a couple days later. Maybe it's a month later. Maybe it's a year later. And you can look back at that and you can see how that doesn't serve you anymore. You can see how much you've grown. You can see how like you've made space for it. Um, That self-awareness of writing it down releases it out of the body so you can heal. And it gives you that sense of control to be able to put it down on paper where you're not holding it anymore for you to look into the world and confirm it for yourself. You don't want to continue that confirmation bias because when we write stuff down, We get it outside of ourselves where we can observe it now from an observation perspective, not from in it. We can come outside of it. That's been the best way for me to get outside of a narrative. And narratives, when they're written down, they they are stories. So us writing our own story, writing down what it is in the pages of our journal, even if like, I mean, uh, some of you guys maybe identify better with making a video. Like make, make yourself a little video that you can watch of yourself and how you felt in that moment with tears and all. And maybe it's an audio message. I've done that before. Sometimes I'd sit down and just talk to a, a video of myself. And later I've gone back and watched it and been like, oh my God, who is that girl? And, or, oh my gosh, I'm still dealing with this. Like what self-awareness, what love can I give to it? Because the whole deal is not like, you know, hey, get over yourself. Like you hurting piece of crap, like pull yourself up and get over this. It's like, how do I love myself through it? How do I love every part of myself? Even the painful ones, even when I've been in my, my worst, when I've been at the bottom of the bucket, how can I love myself there? My whole self, not just the part that other people approve of and find shiny and pretty and perfect. How can I love my dark and diseased and depressed part of myself? How can I offer that girl love, that man love, that non-identifier love? How can I give grace to that person and that story? Because that story at some point protected me, right? That story at some point protected you. You found a way to form safety around yourself. So you shouldn't beat yourself up around that. Beat yourself up about that. However, when it's not really protecting you anymore and it's just a story and it's just an identity. I don't say just an identity lightly because sometimes that's the whole kit and caboodle. But when you're carrying that pain as an identity past its expiration date, it does not smell good. And not not to other people because who cares about other people it does not smell good to you and it doesn't feel good and while it may feel in some sense as a protector to say i'm not going to change i'm not going to let anybody in i'm not going to be vulnerable i'm not going to heal um this thing these things aren't available to me because xyz i'll never get to that job i'll never have that amount of money i'll never have that kind of partnership i'll never have children i'll never have ah, la 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 Whatever it is, that pain commitment that you've made, D 
do you want to keep that contract anymore? Do you want to continue to hold space for things that don't serve you? What are you telling yourself that is keeping you from expanding? What are you committing to that is tearing you down? I challenge you after you listen to this to sit down and really ask yourself that question and write it down. What identities have I formed around my pain that explain why I can't have something? Why I'm not good enough to have something? Why I'm not lovable to have something? And get to the root of that story. Because at the end of the day, it is just a story. I love you guys. I hope that you got a lot of this episode. If you liked it, please rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode and share this with somebody that you love. Um, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys on Patreon for uh, choosing this topic. Uh, It really, really resonated with me. And yeah, I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you.